0: Sporting Classics is brought to you by Winchester, the American legend. Winchester Repeating Arms, Walther, it's your duty to be ready. Right on, see the difference. Negrini Cases, ultra light, ultra strong, the pinnacle of Italian design and technology. Stealth Cam, proven reliability, proven quality, proven performance. Muddy, serious gear for serious hunters. Cold steel, anytime, anywhere. Umarex air guns. Shoot with air. And by Safari Club International, the leader in defending the freedom to hunt and promoting wildlife conservation worldwide.
1: Welcome to another Sporting Classics Television podcast. I'm Chris Dorsey, and I'm here with an old friend of mine, actually, Mike Sabbath. Mike is an attorney in Denver. And what's interesting about Mike is he's just written a book that's, I think, one of the real defining moments in our category because it's really about how do we teach upcoming hunters and and instructors in ways that are meaningful, impactful, and successful at the end of the day. And and so Mike, tell me a little bit about, when when did you say there's a gap in our category, in our industry, in our lifestyle that needs to be filled?
2: I'm gonna fill it. It's, it's an interesting story, at least interesting to me. And it started uh, in, uh, I think it was 2012. And at that time, uh, there were many what is referred to as anti-Second uh, Amendment uh, proposals for legislation in Colorado. Uh, some serious stuff in terms of civil liability for people who, who lend guns to other people. Uh, with the beginning of these red flag laws, uh, magazine bans, the size and so on. And um, coincidentally, as a lawyer, I had been, I had crafted, I created this, and had been giving lectures to the Colorado Bar Association and a few other states on ethics and rhetoric. So I was paying a lot of attention to the arguments being made against, let's call them anti-Second Amendment. I'm not going to quibble about the amendment. Uh, The arguments that were made to restrict gun access and rights, but more importantly, the arguments that the gun community, such as it is, was using to refute it. And I thought, that they were not making the best arguments. Coincidentally, I met a man uh, who was director of the Colorado Hunter Education Department. And he introduced me to a man, Steve Hall, in Austin, Texas. Steve Hall, at that time, was the executive director of the International Hunter Ed Association. Steve was spending a lot of time in Denver we met, we became fast friends. And through his support, I began lecturing throughout the United States on, on ethics, on rhetoric, on how to present arguments. I was giving talks to, to young hunters. I was giving talks to uh, the annual conferences of the Hunter Education, International Hunter Ed. And I began writing for a lot of gun magazines including the International Hunter-Ed mag- uh, magazine. I believed, and I say this truly with, with humility, I didn't think that the hunting community as I saw it was being as effective as it could be. There was not the best arguments. The Hunter-Ed community has done extraordinary things. They're they're producing, graduating six hundred thousand to seven hundred thousand uh, hunters each year. There's a core of about seventy or eighty thousand hunter ed instructors. I've met many, not all eighty thousand, but many. They're marvelous people. They're dedicated people. They're smart people. And it, it, things began to resonate. Um, So, the the writing came along, and I decided to write a book for the young hunters. But as I got into the book, and the manuscript is almost 500 pages, and I didn't see many youngsters reading 500 pages, I decided to craft this book, The Honorable Hunter, which is for instructors, but of course it's far more general Mm -hmm. than that and it's it's not a technical book uh and uh well what i what i love about the book though is is
1: you give readers instructors students and others really techniques that as a counselor you're you're i'm sure you're doing this in a courtroom right where you start a, a debate an argument with let's agree on what we can agree on there's lots of things here and you walk them down that that trail and then you say okay you want more rhinos we we could agree that this is how you get more rhinos or you pick the species yes 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 then why do you not agree with this approach with hunting a rhino and and all that comes back to the species itself and the conservation of that animal and and i, I all sorts of those examples are in the book and i just think that's a really effective way to have a debate with anybody who's marginal on hunting or or opposed to it
2: well First of all, I'm appreciative. I value your opinion greatly. Um, I'm appreciative, I'm honored. What I try to do is to give the skill set, to give the technique. Now you and I were talking just moments ago about my uh, conversation with a, a surgeon in Namibia and how I was able to persuade that surgeon to accept the Dallas Safari Club auction of a black rhino hunt. And the man said to me, I'm not a hunter, I oppose hunting, but one must have an open mind. I would accept this hunt. Well, of course, that's a a win. Goes in the W column, right? But there was a, a, a technique to it. And as you said a little earlier, a moment ago, What you look for is common ground. What you look for is to show that what you want to advance is consistent with the values of the opponent. Do you want more black rhinos or fewer? Which do you want? Do you want the natives in Africa to have cleaner water and better health then not. Which do you want? No contextualizing, no euphemizing. A or B? Which is it? And um, I, I try to present it. You can tell me. Well, if I'm I, I, I think it's
1: very well presented. The book again is called "The Honorable Hunter Instructor Training Manual: How to Honorably and Persuasively Defend and Promote Hunting." So if if listeners have a kid that's going into hunter safety, or if they just want to maybe get the book for a friend who's on the fence of hunting, they, they've had a cocktail conversation and, and uh, they had a debate about hunting and, and ethics of it and efficacy of it. Is, is this a book that they can get? And where can they get it?
2: Well, they, they certainly can get it. Uh, it's available through my website, which is thehonorablehunter.com and it's available on on Amazon and Nook and all these other formats. Uh, Who's the audience? That's always the uh, Aristotelian approach to anything. Who's your audience? Who's your audience? And uh, what do you want the audience to come away with? What do you want the audience to accept? What do you want the audience to reject? Certainly, the the book, I think, is, is sufficient is sufficiently accessible that a young hunter could read it. It's certainly accessible, I mean, readable, alluring for an instructor Mm -hmm. and people in the state agencies. I've had many conversations with Department of Game and Wildlife, whatever they're called in the various states. Um, And I think any hunter would find value somewhere in the book in terms of crafting the arguments to refute and attack. You know, you're you a murderer, I'll tell you a story. It was early on in this process of getting educated and I interviewed a lady, I won't say the name, and she was a very senior official in Colorado uh, uh, Division, of, Division of Wildlife, that's what it was called then. Yeah. She went up to Boulder, Colorado, where she lived near Boulder, to go to a supermarket. And she was in her game warden uniform. And some guy came up to her, just unannounced, aggressively, and said, you're a hunter, you're a killer, you murder those animals. And she confided in me, she said, I didn't know how to answer him. She was taken aback. And I thought, I chose not to say it, I thought if somebody who's been in the industry for 20 years, she's a hunter, her husband's a hunter, she teaches hunting, and she couldn't come up with the answer, I knew there was an opportunity.
1: That was the epiphany right there.
2: It could have been, it could have been, yeah. Uh,
1: Well, good for you, it's a fantastic book and everybody should
2: have a copy. Well, thank you, thank you very much.
0: This has been Sporting Classics TV Podcast, powered by the Ram 1500, built to serve. Follow Sporting Classics with Chris Dorsey on Instagram and Facebook at Sporting Classics TV.